as as I've gotten older, I realized that I was wasting a lot of time waiting, waiting for an album to drop in August. You know, oh man, can't <laughs> wait. So then August get here, and then I realized that eight months is gone. Right, just waiting on the album. Business is. It's another week in the books with the On Deck TV podcast. I am Spike Lou. Man, holla at your man, Animal Brown. Listen, on today's show, guys, we got an action packed joint. Nipsey goes platinum. Shout out to him. Boosie Shimmies, that's your man. And we talked to Dead End Hip Hop's Ken Inge about how his network came to be. Yes, yes, yes. But first, you guys, Drake and Future came out of the gate in the first quarter with their brand new single. Life is good. Let's go. Obviously, from the post that we've seen from Future over the weekend, life is great. Shout out to Miss Harvey. Okay. Um, what did you think of the song? Um, I thought the song and the video was fire. Um, I thought it lived up to their standards. Luckily, they dropped the video at the same time. Because these types of videos, and Drake is single-handedly bringing the music video back. Thank you, Drake. Relax. Uh, no, nah, because he gets to be in character, and he's not taking himself hey, too everybody's seriously. Everybody's making fly videos, though. Nah, that's not true. People too cool um, nowadays. That's not true. That's Other not than true. him and Joyner Lucas. J-Rock had a whole fire video series. It's more TDE people. cooking with the videos. TDE. It's more people than They're that. They're distant but, but second place. Ahead. Big Sean, a couple of last videos was fire. Relax. Yeah, you know I'm telling the truth. The Sixth God is bringing the video back. <laughs> no, and I, he's I think not. the song is good. It reminded me of the joint on Views, uh, the Grammy. That reminded me of that. They, they must think I won a Grammy. Yeah, never they heard must it. think I won a Grammy. Stop. Never heard that. How they split the beat up. I thought that was smart. It's a good record. I heard it ringing off on satellite radio, so I'm sure it was going off in the clubs. If I went out, I, if I still went out, I probably would have heard it. Mm. I ain't even gonna hold y'all. This album, or excuse me, this track was banging. Let's go. Um, gave you enough of Drake and enough of Future where you wanted more of it. Mm. Uh, they did the cheating algorithm stream thingy majiggy here. It was a short Drake song and a short Future song, <laughs> so of course I'm gonna run this back. Uh, so I, I do like the song. I like what they did here. Um, both of them were in their bags um, as far as Drake and what he does with the IG caption rap and Future just being as toxic as ever <laughs> and everybody like singing right along with him and him doing his thing and I'm not hating on them for it I think that they're leaning into themselves as far as being established uh, artists right now and you know they appreciate it like you said they can have fun with themselves they can do the videos where their shelves and they're playing around where they don't have to be too serious and have to worry about those things uh, musically anymore of course I sit here last week and said Drake was worried about those things Absolutely. when he's outside of the booth and I still think that same thing with Future but you can tell their comfort level now in the booth I like how they work well together because you could argue that the music skews just a little bit to Future but you take a look at the video and that skews more to Drake so right. it's a good mix and they complement each other and I thought What a Time to Be Alive Part 1 was slept on and I, I'm super anxious slept to hear on. I thought it was slept on people don't get that enough credit it's 11 for 11 on there no it's not it's not one slow song on that project accurately rated accurately rated yeah, put, put some more respect on that What a Time to Be Alive this should drop any day now I'm, I'm predicting that this the is the album yeah Drake and Future album is gonna drop any day now I think it's gonna come out the blue absolutely not they did that last year it's not even a. I, this was a future featuring Drake project. That's fine. All right, it's not a like WTTH or whatever the name. What's the what's the name of that group called? Watch the Throne. Yeah, what's, that's the name of that group. Yeah, that's not the name of their group. Yeah, Watch the, the, the throne. throne. Oh, the Throne. Yeah, uh, same difference. 
Very original. Uh, man, let's switch the gears, man. Let's talk Oprah and Russell Simmons. Okay. Now, you remember the uh, Russell Simmons documentary that she was uh, executive producing mm, in regards to some of the rape allegations that he had uh, early in the mid-90s. Now, she has now put the word out that she has backed out of the documentary and that she will no longer be executive producing it. However, she still sides with the victims. Do you credit hip-hop for making this happen. That was the first place that I went to when I read this news. It was I was like, well, does Oprah have enough concern with what hip hop thinks of her at this point yep. uh, than she ever has in her career to say, you know what, you guys have a point. I didn't do a documentary about Harvey Weinstein, so why would I do one about Russell Simmons? And then I came to my senses and thought, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, there has to be some other reason as to why Oprah backed out of this. I don't think, think that she even knew that 50 Cent had a problem with her uh, doing this documentary or that any other rapper did. Maybe Russell reached out to her and got her assistant or her voicemail and tried to put a stop to this, but I just don't think that Oprah cares about the blowback that would have came from the communities that she would have pissed off with this film. Uh, it says that it was a creative difference with the filmmakers yeah, as far okay. as what happens. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I think I, that's more likely than her getting blowback from the hip hop community. I'm not biting, man. This okay. is hey, listen. We can thank Curtis Fifty Cent Jackson. Oh, fuck out of here. We can thank Uncle Murder. Thank you for putting that in the year on the rap year end joint for airing out Oprah on there. She, they are the reason. Bro, I was watching ABC. I was watching a game the other day, and there's a commercial for a primetime show that is coming on ABC that is executive produced by Curtis 50 Cent Jackson. Like, y'all got to put some respect on his name. Like, he's getting, he's got some power, <laughs> no pun intended, no, and he's getting doesn't. some pull in behind the scenes. He's not just 50 trolling no more. Yes, he is. So when he calls up a stir, and he's got all of social media asking, damn, Oprah, what you got against black men? Like, what's going on? That's got some weight to it now. It's not the same joke as it was five, six years ago. It absolutely is the same joke. Um, it, it, when someone says, Oprah, what do you have against rappers? I won't say black men as you did. I mean, that's what he said. He said that. Yeah. 50 Cent said she had a problem with black men. Yes. Which is why no one pays attention to 50 Cent. <laughs> My point in itself. Uh, he was just last week, you beefing with French Montana about um, streaming, uh, streaming and you talking about just yesterday he going to roll down on Rick Ross. It's, it's just he's forever <laughs> going to be a troll. And I'm saying, not saying that there's anything wrong with that. 50's made a full career out of it. It's just not effective when you're on the level of Oprah and you're on the level of a Russell Simmons. Like, I don't think that that stuff registers with him. Like, the Empire is too strong. Hip hop is the number one genre of music in the world. It's bigger than Oprah. Media, Oprah is. Oprah what, is bigger than Oprah. No. Nah, what you watch that. on own? What do you, I, what, Thank you. What would I watch on own? The better question is, what do you watch Queen on Sugar own? Exactly. Is See, is what I'm saying. Hey, watch Queen Sugar. Uh, I mean, I ain't even got to watch own. <laughs> like, I ain't no telling what else Oprah owns <laughs> as far as we don't even got anything we don't know about. But I, I see what you're saying, but I still don't think that hip-hop's a contender for Oprah. Like, let's say, well, I just can't even say, like, how how you canceling Oprah tomorrow? No, she's not being canceled. Oh, okay. Was it like protesting, speaking against? How was it ever going to happen? She like, realized, you ain't even rallying enough troops to do that. She realized she's getting, it's not worth the blowback that she's getting from the community. It's just not she worth it. She's been the getting this blowback for years. Not like, like this. She's been dogging rappers for years. Thank you, 50. <sighs> hey, I appreciate you, Curtis. Good looking. Womp womp. What we got? Ah, right, next, man. What we have here is my guy, 
You try to throw this one for me. Boosie. Boosie went to the Hawks game. He was sitting courtside, man, and he had to find something to match his fly red sneakers that I cannot see in this fit, nor do I know what it was. But Boosie grabbed a Kappa sweater out mm. of the mall. Okay. And he rocked it, and he said, you know what? I'm Kappa fresh tonight. Now, mm. For those of you who went to college or know anything about the fraternities and sorority life, you're not supposed to rock those letters so if no, you didn't no. put in that work. My question to you, Boosie being from Baton Rouge, okay. a college town with LSU and Southern, do you think he knew what he was doing when he put this on? Man, he knew one zillion percent mm. what he was doing. Boosie is, uh, he's on social media too heavy now. He understands what viral comments do, what viral videos do. He knows this all too well. Boosie is a smart person. You know what I'm saying? Despite still trying to make music for some reason. I'm Same. not 100% sure why. Same. He's a much better personality than he is musician at this point in his career. Facts. So he knew exactly what he was doing. He got the he got people riled up. He's sitting courtside at the Harden and Trey Young game when they both hit 40-point triple doubles, dude. Of course he knew that this would cause an uproar, dude. Yes, you know you can't wear no damn sweater. I'm not finna come here with no Greek sweater on, dude. Yeah. That, I know the rules. He know the rules. You don't have to have a four-year degree at fucking Yale to understand that, dude. He knew exactly what he was doing. Well, that's a good. all of those are great points. So the better question would be, if he knew what he was doing, do you think that we were talking about blowback just now with Oprah? Okay. Now, there are different levels to this stuff when it comes to fraternities, as I'm told. Okay. So they're Kappas and they're Alphas and they're Q-Dogs. Do you think that it was just the red shoes or he knew which sweater it was that he could rock oh, and no. get away with it? No, no. I, th I just think he was just matching with the flavors. And so It was so. It was just the flavors. Walking through a process in his head, he out the mall. He like, bam, I got these red shoes on. There's a Kappa sweater. It's okay. fresh, I guess. For some reason, he wants to rock that. So you think he goes through in his head and he says, I, I don't suppose to do that, but fuck it. That's how he's I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> now, I'm not doing my boosty voice, but do you think that that's what he said or do you think he got it, brought it home, and somebody was like, hey, bro, uh, you know you ain't supposed to rock that, right? He's, you think somebody brought it to his attention or he was being malicious in buying it and doing so? He knew, he, he knew exactly what he... Nah. He knew he had the intentions on nah, that. Absolutely He not. said, hey... I'm going to wear this at the game course. I'm going to have people talking about <laughs> no, me. I'm going to have all the social not. media talking about me with this sweat on. Watch. No, he's good. And then they're going to start the Boosie Shimmy Challenge because <laughs> they dance to his song. Don't they do the step to his song? They do. They do do the he white He's going to create the challenge. Watch. And the his, brother, his brother's a capital as well. So then his brother knew. Then he know about that fraternity life. Dude. Right. That's it then. It's a case solved. Though Bootsy is smart, I don't think that he's as calculated as you are saying. Now, I feel like it went something like this. I'm going to rock this sweater and someone saying, hey, you know, you're not supposed to rock that sweater. And he goes, uh, I don't care. So he <laughs> rocks it anyway. Now. So that gave me the gas. It gave me the gas. I'm going to take the blowback that come with it. Like, what's really going to happen? Dude? True. Like, wait, y'all going to run up on me? Y'all going to gang? Y'all going to beat me up? I'm a little boosty. Now, I think the brilliance is the response and not backing down. I agree. That's where the brilliance was. I don't know if it was in the calculation of setting the whole thing up, but I do applaud his response the shimmy challenge the video you talking about a nigga that, that milked <laughs> a week of content off of this shirt salute to boosie for that absolutely that was brilliant i give it to him we're not gonna talk about the painting on airdrop 
We're gonna leave that alone. Man, I was noticing that he had the baby <laughs> hair right there. Right, I, I, I ain't know what I was just going know on. We're gonna talk about that or not. I I don't know what that is. That's your man. I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> All right, last but not least, man, let's talk Kendrick Lamar. Reportedly, his new album is ready. It's in the can. It's done. It's on deck. No pun intended. Now, allegedly, it is said to contain a heavy rock influence. Is that intriguing or terrifying? I don't, well, it's terrifying in the sense that at some point, Kendrick Lamar is going to have to miss. And at some point, I think that artists get bored and they swing for the fences on these big ideas, especially when you are as accomplished as a Kendrick Lamar is at this point in his career. What I would reference is Kanye West doing 808s and Heartbreaks. Okay. I would struggle to 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 sit through Kendrick going totally left field as that was. But that was good, though. It grew on people. It grew on me. Yeah, and, yeah. and it was also Kanye West. Okay. And I, I say that to say that Kendrick, is he's a great artist. Kanye West is a great artist. But I still think that there is a, a story that he has to tell before he jumps off the 808 ledge. That's fair. That's what I am worried about, that if he do, does jump too far into the rock bag, then it won't complete the, I mean, this is me being selfish as a fan, just to complete the saga of uh, Good Kid, Mad City, To Pimp a Butterfly, Section 80. I feel like that that is still lingering and he could close end it. And I'm not sure if a rock album is what's going to be it. Now, I, I will say this if it's intriguing or terrifying to me, it's super intriguing. As, as a, depending on the rock that it is, you know what I'm saying? I, I come from, I'm feeling what Temptation did. He had rock influences. I'm feeling what 808s and Heartbreak was, even though that's obviously not rock. I felt, but it was different. It was experimental. I felt Yeezus, which was heavily rock influenced and was critically acclaimed. I do have a prediction for Kendrick this year. You're just like Kanye year. West, though. Nah, it was good music. Um, I do have a prediction for Kendrick this year that I, I, I'm going to save for my Freestyle Friday. I hope y'all been rocking with those. Um, but I do have a bold prediction for him, and this kind of falls in line with it. I'm super intrigued, though. I'm ready to hear this. I don't know when we're getting it. I don't know if now people are saying his name a little more. That means it's on the way. I, who knows? But when we do, I would like to hear this, and I pray it's not as bad as To Pimp a Butterfly. That's all I ask you for. You pray it's as good as uh -huh. To Pimp a Butterfly. Because that was jazz-influenced, and I didn't, I, I'm not into that. I'm into some rock, though. We can get busy with the rock That shit. was classic influence. That's what it was. <laughs> and for that, speaking of classic influence, man, we appreciate you rocking with the first half. Check out this quick commercial break. What's going on on Deck TV listeners? It's your boy J-Ho from the Full Sport Press Podcast featuring myself, Jeff, and Wheezy each and every Monday. Once you're finished with this action-packed episode of On Deck TV, check out FSP episode 303. We're breaking down the 2020 NFL playoff divisional round, FSP style. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Holla. We are back to see on Deck TV podcast. It's your man, Animal Brown. I am Spike Lou still. Absolutely, man. I told you we had a special guest in the building that needs no introduction, but we're going to give him one anyway. Um, most of y'all are probably familiar with Dead End Hip Hop. Yeah. Uh, you may be one of the 236,000 subscribers on YouTube. Mm. Uh, you might be familiar with some of their shows, Dead End Sports, Dead End Gaming. Is the mic still on to name a few? Uh, today, we are lucky enough to have a key cog in the dead end machine. Uh, we've got Ken Inge in the building. What's good, sir? What's going on, brothers? Man, I can't call him. Man. How you been? Chilling, man. Just uh, <laughs> trying to get ready for this year. And I'm um, looking forward to 
um, the future. Yeah, mm. appreciate you coming by, man. Definitely. Oh, man, I appreciate the invite. Absolutely, man. Speaking of kind of kicking off this new year real quick before we get into your story, how did you feel about 2019 in hip hop? Well, if you could give it a letter grade, <laughs> what, how'd you think it was? Oh, man. Um, so I try to be fair. <laughs> so halfway through the year, it was average C, D at best. Yeah. Um, but there were a lot of albums that I didn't listen to. There were a lot of things that I wasn't paying attention to. So um, so I had to kind of modify that a little bit. Just um, I don't think it was fair to criticize the hip-hop industry as a whole mm. if I'm not hearing everything. Um, so I was listening to a lot of podcasts. Okay. But I would say that I think I'm going to maintain that. I still think that it was just okay. Yeah, I, I I don't think maybe the underground was probably a little bit better. Uh, underground and indie scene was probably a little bit better. A lot of the albums on my list are from that, mm. um, and they tend to make higher quality albums. But when I look, you know, on the surface, and you know, with the podcast I produce, low mid and the stuff that they listen to, I just, you know, it's just I'm just not rocking with it. So. <laughs> You're not big on the mainstream. Not this new age stuff. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. Do you feel obligated to listen to everything since you do a lot of content surrounded, uh, around hip-hop, and does that take away from it for you? Mm, in the past. Yeah. So I think over the last couple of years, the more and more I start listening to podcasts, I just don't have time to consume that. Uh, same agree. way. Yeah, that much of music. But um, but in the past, like it was my mission to listen to every single thing. I would set up a playlist on Apple and mm -hmm. a smart playlist, and I would just 2020 – Hip hop and whatever that I would add, it would just drop in that playlist automatically, and then I'll just go through and that's how I would listen and keep track of what comes out. Um, and even if I didn't get a chance to get to everything, I still would have that playlist and go back and listen to what I missed, mm -hmm. um, just to have like that historical record in my head. So mm -hmm. when people reference the album, I can at least, you know, um, recall it. <laughs> but it's hard. It's hard yeah, listening it's lot, to man. all of the hip hop. Um, all of the other stuff, you know, outside of that, you know, R&B, jazz, you know, rock, indie stuff. Like, it's just hard to keep track You're not listening to jazz stuff. in 2020, Ken. People I listen to Kamasi jazz. Kamasi Washington. No way. I, what I find hardest as a content creator like you, and you guys let me know what you think about this, is people expecting an opinion as mm. quickly as they have one. Like, oh, I listen to your podcast, and yep. I'm only reviewing this CD, so you should be able to tip. Well, not CC CD. Yeah. I'm only reviewing <laughs> this project, so you should be able to have an opinion here in 12 hours, like I do. So, yeah, you know what? I think we've done a good job of of pushing back on that, mm -hmm. um, and releasing stuff where when we feel comfortable. You know that that fits our schedule. That gives us time to really properly digest the album yeah, and not just Much rush them. Yeah, some albums, some albums, you know, you need time to figure it out like a Kendrick. Yeah. There are other albums where it's pretty much what it you It is what it is. Like Big Sean. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my so. goodness. <laughs> Shots early. Jeez, I was waiting. I was wondering how long it was going to take. Shots early. You, you want to defend your man? Nah, we're going to get there. You like Big Sean. Yeah, okay. Big Sean, that dude. Mm. Don't do that. Don't do that because we got company. He's good. <laughs> All right. Um, did you hear another one? No, go ahead. Man, I want to take it back just a little bit, give some people some context of how Dead End came to be. Mm -hmm. um, but first, kind of just do some history on you. Where are you originally from? Meridian, Mississippi. So, okay. Yeah. So I moved to Atlanta in 1999. Word. So last year uh, we made two decades. 
Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. What, what What was the music scene growing up in Meridian? Was um, there one? <laughs> yeah, somewhat. Uh, you know, I had friends that were sent there from Chicago. From my cousins were from L.A. Mm. Um, so I would get oh, and then Detroit was right up the street, and they were older than me, so I would get a lot of stuff that or listen to a lot of stuff that they had. So that's how we we get exposed to the diversity of music in Meridian, Mississippi. They played primarily what was on the radio uh, back then anyway, so most most of the commercial stuff. Um, big local artist in Meridian, like anything? Nope. <laughs> there was no big crit. No big crit. No. Nah, David Banner was probably popping when I left, maybe. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. But um, but nah, so but I think just having those, those friends that were sent there by their parents to get out of trouble uh, or so they wouldn't get killed uh, helped me get exposed to a lot of stuff that I wouldn't normally have gotten my hands on. That makes yeah. sense. Mississippi on the map a, a little bit. You got, like you said, crit. You got mm-hmm. David Banner, Ray Schremer. Ba- oh, Ray Schremer from Mississippi. Yeah. They claim Atlanta, though, right? I mean, you know. They probably claim Atlanta now. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. got on in Atlanta, <laughs> but. Uh, it, who else was from, um, what's that kid name? Soldier Boy, I think he was Soldier Boy from Mississippi. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yep. That's true. Not know yep. That. He was down there for a minute. Snoop got family from there. Right. Yep. Snoop who? Snoop Dogg. Really? Mm-hmm. Damn, I ain't know that. Snoop who? I thought you might yep. be talking about The Wire. <laughs> nah, nah. Of course. Yeah, let's bring her up. Uh, <laughs> so you said you've been here for two decades, and mm-hmm. the, cha- the scene has changed dramatically in Atlanta. Speak to that a little bit as far as what you've seen when you got here in 99 and now <laughs> Atlanta hip-hop as you see it. Um, I think it's transformed. So when you go back to 99, we were also coming off of the – the bu- booty music. Yeah. I don't know if you remember remember yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so so dev. Uh, so, the so base all stars. Yeah. So all of that stuff was heavy. You already know about Kilo Lee, all of them, right? Mm-hmm. So you had all of that going on. Uh, Crisscross, the Brat, etc. And then of course Outcast. Yeah, I heard you, know, you say you wore a couple of joints backwards on. Uh, oh on yeah, I did. Oh yeah, my god. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but you had you had that moment where <laughs> hip hop at least in Atlanta, was being taken a little bit more seriously because of, of guys like that and artists like that, I should say. And then um, hip-hop fell apart around the mid-2000s. Oh, my God. Uh, ringtone whole, rap. Yep, ringtone rap. Ooh. You had D4L. D4L. <sighs> yep, you Shout had Crime Mob. You had mm-hmm. all of them cats that, that came through. So um, it was more club scene, right. I would say. And... What happened after that? I think that's when we went to. I think Jeezy was around, Gucci, Ti, and then now we get to the young thugs of the world. You had Young Scooter was was young big back then. Yeah, uh, of course. Uh, R.I.P. Bankroll Fresh. Yeah, yeah. Scooter still around? Yeah, Scooter's yeah, still yeah, around. He he dropped, really? He just dropped the tape maybe uh, at the end of uh, 2019, November. Yeah. I wanna say. Wow. Like, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so you had all of the, so I think you had like a, 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 a merging of two different art forms. You had the trap with the, I guess, heavier sounding, it's not bass music, but it's more of a heavy bass. 808, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 808 boom, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know what you um, mean. All through Gucci. I think Gucci is literally, like he said, all my children. Like absolutely, it's it's he it's him, man. Fact. And a lot of those guys came up through him, through his label. Mm-hmm. He would find a lot of these guys and put them on. Yep. So um, and then here, we, so then we get into the melodic stuff uh, that where we are now. This is Animal Brown's favorite era. Of music. Absolutely Easily. not. 
not 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 one bit. Um, so, back to '99. What are you listening to around there? I, I know Bad Boys, Shiny Suits was back then. X was hot. What were mm-hmm. you What were you into back then? Um, '99. All right. So what a year. Years. So uh, so yeah, I I would say Goody Goody Mob. Mm. I tried. I think they dropped uh, their last album, World Party, which wasn't good. Yeah, um, that was rough. Yeah, that was rough. There was another guy that was with the Dungeon Family, uh, Crooked Something. I cannot remember his name. Mm. Um, but he dropped something uh back then. I thought was cool. Yeah. Um, I think whatever was pretty much out. You got, of course, like you said, DMX was still around. I think the biggest thing for me back then was that moving to Atlanta, being in college, um, I didn't have access to a lot of money. Right. So the way I heard stuff was I got a job at a record store about a year or so ago, and that's how you know I started listening to Ludacris and all those other guys that were popular around there. Big Timers, of course. Juvenile, uh, you know, Lil Wayne when he was good. Yeah. Um, so all them cats, yeah. I mean, I, nice. I'm picturing you riding around to Lil Wayne right now, and it's hilarious. Yeah, 20 years ago, though, 20 years ago, I can see it. That's that's because you was a stand. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Easy. I had all of those things that you're talking about, 100%. Yeah. So wh- are you, first of all, is hip-hop your primary? I, I know we're asking hip-hop stuff. You guys mm-hmm. got the, the brand. Do you listen to other genres of music? I know you mentioned today currently jazz, which I still don't believe, but I'll take your word Kamasi for it. Kamasi Washington. What, what's the guy that was on Kendra's album? Um, I can't think Play of the name, saxophone. I, talking about. I know exactly who you're talking about. You got Flying Lotus. That's considered jazz? Somewhat, yeah. Uh-huh. Could be a hybrid of jazz, but he uh-huh. does this stuff, but probably not. More on the beat scene. Were you listening to, to more of that type of stuff in 99 as well? It was a primary like hip-hop head. You know what? I think my jazz phase, I, I, my dad listened to a lot of jazz, so that's how I got exposed to a lot of it. And um, But I think I went through a big like deep dive into jazz right around the mid 2000s something like that um and that's when i really wanted to study the history of it but um but i think as far as other genres it's more of uh r&b okay um obviously uh the new r&b it, nah, it sucks. this new r&b okay. sucks it's <laughs> terrible all right so you're in college it's 99 you listen to the big times big timers riding <laughs> around listening to big times um Jay Z, Jay Z, okay. Um, when does this turn into? Do you are you having conversations with with your people in college about hip hop and and the debates? Who's your kind of your go to debate person back then? If there was such, there wasn't. So I was the the big music guy, you know, um, in my in my group, and I didn't really have a group anyway back then. So I came up here with two friends uh, that were still in college, but. Their mom eventually moved up here, and next thing I know, I was rolling by myself. So, <laughs> so, uh, but my roommate um, was big into uh, hip hop too. So, he listened to a lot of Common. Most Def was was my guy also back then. Mm. So we would talk about hip hop a lot as well. And then, uh, you know, I would go out with him uh, to catch some of the, like the poet scenes or the open mic scenes that were you know big back then too. Uh, Four Eyes was one, I remember seeing him perform at one of those and some of the senior chaos hmm. guys like that uh the underground atlanta scene at that time yeah and um so that was the person that i was talking to uh the most but back then i probably listened to r&b more than than hip-hop 
Mm. Wait, what, what golden age on and be the late nineties. Mm. What are we talking about with Carl Thomas? Man. What are we talking? Carl Thomas, yeah, yeah True Hill, Daniel Jones. Yep, Daniel. Yep. All that good. We not gonna mention TP two. Is that we not? Okay, I was just checking. Just want to see if we was still act, if that existed. That still. It did. Yeah, no, no it did. It was there. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, did you do any media while in college in regards to this? No, no, okay. I didn't. So I actually uh, went to school for computer programming. Mm. Mm. Yep. So that was gonna be my my hustle. So my plan back then was to do computer programming, make all this money. Save it up and open a production company. Nice. And use that money to fund that because I didn't need much to survive. It was just me. And um, but man, I remember falling asleep just looking at all that code and stuff like that. So I was really <laughs> good at proficient with computers and stuff like that. I would sit at home and fix all the stuff. I would just take, you know, open the VCRs and stuff like that and just look at it. I would sit there and look at computers and just look at how just watch stuff download and stuff like that. So I was really, really weird like that, mm-hmm. um, and I just had a, a knack for it. So I figured that would be, would be the easiest and safest thing for me to do, but programming wasn't it for me. So mm-hmm. I switched over to like business, so I did small business and project management nice. um, was, was became my concentration. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so yeah, so that's what, what happened. So the plan was to stay in Atlanta from college? You were like- Man, okay. I was gonna come here, go to college, Leave. I had like oh, okay. a list of cities. I was gonna go stay in Houston. I was gonna go out of hip-hop live in cities. Kansas City because I was a big Kansas City Chiefs fan back then. Okay. Um, where else was I gonna go? Uh, not New York. Probably somewhere in Cali. Why the Chiefs? Derek Thomas, Christian Okoye, Tecmo yeah. Bowl. Okay. Playing yeah. Tecmo Bowl. Yeah, and Christian Okoye could not be tackled. There you on go. Bowl. There you go. Right. So that, yeah. was, that was it. That's a fact. Him and uh, Barry Ward. Yes. You know, and then when Derrick Thomas came, man, it was like a wrap. And Neil Smith. And yep, Neil Smith. He was a beast. Yeah, yep. So they were one of those teams that you can pick that, you know, people were playing with uh, the Raiders. Yeah. You know, so they want to get Bo Jackson and right. all these so other you guys. Get somebody you got combat that. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Yep. How, how, do, um, how does this, your love for tech kind of turn into what we know now is dead in hip-hop? When did that start to form? Um, so the love of media and, and the production company never left. Um, that really came into play when I got my, so I got a master's in information systems technology. And basically that's being able to look at everything and figure out how to get to this one thing and Mm -hmm. different plans, uh, which aligns with, you know, my, my tech and project management. And I remember working on, um, on my, on a project while I was, um, completing one of my courses and part of that. Uh, was was basically me figuring out how to use mobile technology to build a media company. Hmm. So it was all going to be off the phone. Hmm. So it was going to use, um, you know, of course, Wi-Fi. And uh, there was something out at the time called Sales Broadcaster. So when I was doing so I, you know, during that time, did mortgages. What year was this? Ooh, this uh, was 2006 is when I started working at Mortgage It. Gotcha. Uh, no, no, no! I take that back. Two thousand six is when they, when I got let go from Mortgage It, and I started working at AT and T. Gotcha. Yep. Um, I think is that right? Yeah, that has to be right. So, um, so yeah, so yeah, I think that's right. But anyway, so um, so yeah, so I was working at Mortgage It, and um, you know, doing mortgages, uh, junior underwriter, that sort of thing, and used to listen to music 
all the time. So they had Yahoo had something called Launch. I think it was Launch. Mm-hmm. And then um, there was also a service called Music Match, which you could say is the very first version of what Apple Music and Spotify is today. Hmm. Pay one fee, you get access to all these albums. I still love music, so it was perfect for me. That right. it, it just made sense. So there was also an app called Sam's Bro- Sam Broadcaster. So I I wanted to build an internet radio station because I was listening to launch. And I was like, man, this is the future. Pandora was around. So I'm like, people are going to listen to music online. Right. I saw where this was going. So I was like, I'm going to build my own radio station. So I used Sam Broadcaster. I had all of this music. So I was putting all this music and sitting there, putting all the music together and, um, you know, putting them in playlists and organizing them. And the service, of course, needed Wi-Fi. But you had to build a website, and I didn't know anything about HTML or building a website at all. I spent 72 hours learning that stuff mm. because it involved PHP, because the, every time the song changed, the page would refresh, mm. and the app would tell the page to refresh. So I forgot what service I used, but I, I bought that, and I put up a radio station online, uh, over the weekend, after spending all this time building the web page, and uh, and it worked. I had about thirty people listening concurrently at one time. Word. And I was like, okay, this I'm is on it. To something. Yep. Gotcha. So that so this is where I got to, you know, the app and building this company, and of course, web blogging was really popular back then, and um, and so all of it kind of aligned together. Hmm. That makes mm-hmm. sense. That makes sense. It's going down, Young Jock with the songs. In 2006, lean mm-hmm. with it, rock with it, shoulder lean. So about that time that all that awful music was <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's the time the that golden doing this. The golden era of music. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, man, um, how, how do you get linked up with your fellow dead-end counterparts? Did they all come in at kind of the same time? Were you guys friends, work together? I got a question before mm-hmm. you get to that, though. Uh, how did the comic book side of, because it's well-known as your comic book, person as well how did that coincide with hip-hop and you coming up and doing these things as well like making time for both of them because i know comics is a thing that y'all take serious you comic book people uh yeah i did i think um again money so i didn't have money so i didn't keep up with it and you know it kind of went by the wayside so i'm coming back to that now gotcha um so i would say right around 97 96 is probably when you know i stopped reading them as heavy as i used to gotcha okay Marvel for life. Rest in peace, Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he, thinks that, he thinks that Stan Lee is a better filmmaker than Martin Scorsese. No, I just didn't like that Martin Scorsese was hating on the Marvel movies. That wasn't, that wasn't said, cool. I ain't appreciate that. Stan Lee makes better movies than Never Marvel. said that. He did that. But he just can't be disrespectful, that's all. Martin Scorsese, I'm looking for you. Oh, <laughs> um, no, nah, but how did you link up with, with the, the Dead End Squad? Uh, working uh, at the company. Um, so yeah, so that was 2006 when I started working. You at know. that company with him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Rod and FIFO, we all were uh, on the same team. Mike was on the the website. So it's kind of funny how it all works because if I never stayed up building those websites, I never would have got to AT and T. Right. Mm. Yep. So I had to do that in order to get there because. That's where I was able to put that on my resume. Nice. So, um, and then that's so, how you meet the guys. That's, that's how I meet the guys. Bill Diddy. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. So, um, which again ties back to my passion for music and tech. This is kind of crazy yeah. when you really, really think about it. But, um, but yeah, we were just working there, hanging out. You know, I would go play basketball with them. You know, on the weekends, and you know, go out and drink with Mike on Fridays. 
um, after work. So he and the other guys from, you know, the consulting team would just go out and just drink and just chill out and hang out and clown and joke. So, and then I was um, a team leader, and I think Mike was, uh, well, no, I was a, I started as a team lead, then I was a manager, and then Mike was a manager. We have monthly meetings every Monday. Mm. I bet so, Mike used to give him hell and those me. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> when needed to. And um, and every day, every Monday, we would walk from one uh, building to the next, and you know we would have co- just random conversations. So we would talk about you know music, of course. So um, so that was a relationship kind of building and forming from there. And same thing with the guys. So um, it was just work, man. Nice. Who, whose idea was it to, hey, let's put this thing together, let's make something of it, like make a network out of it? Uh, yeah, it was me. Yeah. So I came to Rod with the idea because um, I was already doing it anyway. Yeah. So I had a site called whatishiphop.com, and I knew I needed original content to make it stand out from everybody else. Mm-hmm. So um, And I knew it needed to be opinion-based instead of here's this new song. Um, so I was working on that. Rod built the logos for those back then and uh he helped me with some other design stuff because i put i would think i used a blogger or wordpress to put it together and um and i was doing that while i was in college as well working on my masters so i'll be in class posting stuff you know trying to build it up for when i got out of you know when i graduated i'll be ready to just jump into it mm-hmm. and um we were just having a conversation via email and they were talking about music and uh, this guy, Doug, uh, he was a rapper at the time, uh, Wise, he mentioned, oh, here goes another dead and hip-hop conversation. You know, I saw I saw the phrasing, and I was like, that's a show. <laughs> that's a show. So the idea was to have, I was going to be behind the scenes. I wanted Rod, Mike, uh, this other guy named Nova. He's a rapper. He still is. Um, Nova, be on the show, and then I think think Doug was going to be on it or somebody else but that was it and I was going to be behind the scene record it produce it and it was going to be what is hip-hop presents dead and hip-hop conversations so I ran the idea by by Rod he loved it and what year was this 2010 okay 2010 so he was on board and unbeknownst to me he was behind the scenes working on a trailer so I knew that he did animation and Mm -hmm. I seen some of his work but I didn't know that he could do all this other stuff that he's doing now so it was around january he came and he was like yo here's this trailer i've been working on and i presented this idea to him around september september or august because we went to a3c mm-hmm. as dead in hip-hop because we knew the general manager that uh we actually worked with the general manager that um was over a3c because it was still small and growing at the time so she got us a hookup and we went as dead in hip-hop and we just felt like it was, we couldn't go away from it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Who were some of the names at that A3C when you guys were there? Um, I want to say we interviewed the Artifacts. Ninth Wonder was there. Nice. Uh, <clears throat> Skazu wasn't. I think we talked to them at a, at a later event. I saw him at a, a Hawks game. Duck down. Um, <laughs> was that the year Big Daddy Kane was there? No way. Nah, I don't think it was. <laughs> but yeah, those are some of the ones that stand out that I remember. A three C done came a long way. It has. Yep. 
Cause they built that crazy. Mm-hmm. Like it's nuts now. She definitely um, don't work there no more, huh? Who? She definitely doesn't work there. No, 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 no. She looked out though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Um, so what the idea was to put that stuff on YouTube or did you, were you already on familiar with podcasting at that time? It was on YouTube. So again, the interesting thing is so while I was working on my project, um, I kept seeing I didn't understand YouTube. Um, but I kept seeing a lot of people saying, oh, video is going to be the next thing. You got to get, your, you know, video marketing and all, et cetera, et cetera. Three to five minutes, you know, a video is the attention span, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, all right, cool. So all this stuff is research. And um, so I knew video was going to be the next thing. I was listening to podcasts and, and around that time. Yeah, you were early. Yeah, because I had just got an iPod, and I used to listen to an underground hip-hop podcast that used to drop. Uh, a single a day of an underground artist. Hmm. Um, Any big names, people that blew damn. up off of that that you can remember back then? You was like one of the first people on. Um, I won't say the first people on, but what is this? He's a he's a I won't say political rapper. He was just here. What is this? Uh, the Revolutionary Volume Three. Um, God, man, hold on. See, this is what happened when you get old. Uh, <laughs> Tell me about but it. But anyway, so, um, yeah, he was just here for a show. And, um, but yeah, so, so yeah, so I was doing all the research. I already knew that that video was going to be the next thing. That's what everybody was saying. It was going to be a trend. I still didn't get it. So I, I talked to Rod one day and I was like, I don't get YouTube. What is YouTube? And then he said, because people were obsessed and always going to YouTube. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, yeah, it's just like a time capsule. And it's like a rabbit hole. That's so when you go on there, you get you watch one thing, and then you watch the next, and you watch the next, and you watch the next. And therefore, I understood the psychology of the person that does that because Rob basically became, you know, uh, a case study. <laughs> um, so I was like, okay. You asking him what he watches and different things. And I didn't need to. Once, once he said that, I understood it. Oh, that's me. Hold on. <laughs> So once he said that, I I understood it. So I got it. So I understood that putting it on YouTube, if you, you know, use the keywords and you make content, then eventually the algorithm will catch hold and it will recommend it to other people. So you just have to program the right stuff that will keep people engaged. And what will keep people engaged? People arguing about music. Because what do people do? They argue argue about about music music. all the time. Absolutely. That's what we did when we were at work. And that's what I did when when I was with my homeboys. So it just made sense. It just had to be entertaining. Yeah. Tell me about what uh, is a kind of a pivotal moment, I guess, in in the success and early success of Dead End with Kendrick Lamar's "To Pimple Butterfly" album. Mm-hmm. How, how did what what exactly? Can you explain what happened with that? When he uh, shouted us out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was crazy. So doing Dead End Sports, we uh, developed a relationship with a guy. Uh, Q got no rings on Twitter. He would call in every every Tuesday and talk to us about Philly. Um, and that was just like organic from Twitter? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't even talk to him that much mm-hmm. on Twitter. He would just call into the show. Uh, very smart, educated brother. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he would call in and, you know, so we just developed a relationship over time and he just hit me up and he told me what he thought the, the acronym stood for and I just said it on the show and I, of course, credited him, you know, with it. And they saw it, and I guess when they were watching it, they sent it to him, and it was like, oh, man, these guys kind of cracked the code. So, 
And that's how he ended up mention, mentioning us because I think somebody had asked him about it. Yeah, somebody asked him about the name. I yeah, it was uh, Rob Markman. Uh-huh. Rob yeah, Markman. Rob Markman. So Rob Markman hit us up on Twitter uh, via DM and told us about it. Mm. And, you know, that's how we linked up with him. Nice. So it, it was a it was an interview in which – because we only knew it was TBAB at the time, right? Mm. Nobody actually knew what that meant. But y'all, y'all pretty much guessed what that stood for. And then that's how that's how Kendrick that's how I got to Kendrick just yep. for, for context. Yep. The fact that somebody was able to put that out there is there some satisfaction at that point from saying all of these conversations and these dead end mm-hmm. uh, you know conversations and debates that we've had lead to fruition when we figured out a crack this code and people are mentioning it on a much larger platform than you had at the time. Is there some type of satisfaction that came with that? It was at the time. Um, I never imagined, because I, I was just a fan like everybody else. Mm-hmm. I remember Michael Jordan, I was like, yo, this guy could be big. In one of our videos, he was my pick as one of the guys to have nets, and I think B picked J. Cole and <laughs> and uh, FIFO picked Wiz Khalifa. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, that was one of our early videos. Nice. Yeah, and <clears throat> so it was to see him go from where he was to where he was at that time, mm-hmm. of course, obviously to where he is now, and for him to to just acknowledge that, uh, you know, it meant a lot. I mean, you're doing all this work. You don't know if they're watching. You suspect it, but you don't really know yeah. if they're watching or, you know, somebody in there, the posse watching. So, uh, so yeah, it was it was satisfying, but you don't really get anything out of it. Yeah, you know, it it's just a personal reward. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Whenever y'all want to have a real conversation about that to Pimp Butterfly album, I'm here for it. Mm. It's not all that. Let's keep it 100. The best album of this decade is what it is. (laughs) So if all that means not the best album of this decade, then you can leave it. It's 2020, guys. We can let that album go. 2010 to 2019. (laughs) That was the best album that came out to me. It's not even close, actually. One of these days, I'm going to revisit it. You should have you been done it before continuing to shit on it. That shit, that shit ain't <laughs> nothing. Kendrick, I need something better than that next go You around. feel differently, obviously. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I still love the album. Did you do a decade album list? Nah, we're actually mm. going to do that tomorrow. I still got to go through my list, mm. actually. So, Have you written off Kanye and the beautiful dark <laughs> twisted fantasy as I have? It didn't make my list at all. I didn't forget it came out, actually. <laughs> See how hard you know what? Actually, no. Kick it off. Kick it out. Get it out of there. So we're talking about 2010. Yeah, it, 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 don't oh, it fits. It, it don't make it. It dropped into that. When did it drop? Yeah, it's in this decade. No, so, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll probably. It'll November make it. I think barely. it'll make the list. Just barely. I think it'll make the list. <laughs> Just barely. <laughs> Man, where, does, where is Dead End right now? How many shows are on, on the network? I think we have nine podcasts. We have uh, one video. Uh, so I think right now we're definitely all in on audio, mm. um, which was which was huge for us to make that transition. One of the things that, you know, if you're kind of paying attention, you could see. So I saw that coming. We had started talking about it for a minute, so it took us a couple of years to get up and running, but we did, mm-hmm. and now we're kind of building it out. So we have nine shows on there now. Um, Dead End Sports was like the first one, so that was in 2013, I want to say. And um, – and then the video. So I think we're about to create new video shows um, entering into the, the food space. Nice. Mm. Um, and 
uh, probably just do more video. You're not gonna be going around eating all you can. Yeah, I seen your Instagram, man. Like, yeah, I don't want to follow you to Burger King. <laughs> you gonna be on there eating stuff? Impossible, that, like darling. I eat the tacos from Burger King. Yeah, I eat the tacos. Man, how was it? King. How was it? I mean, I you already know was. how it was. It wasn't good at all. <laughs> it was greasy. That's what Jeez. it was. <laughs> I gotta ask you, I because I'm a, a, a dead end hip hop fan as well. I got to sit on this the mic salon and do, thoroughly enjoy myself. You guys have get to have a lot of conversation. Whose opinion do you think differs from yours the most? Like you find yourself on totally opposite ends of the spectrum the most as Animal Brown and I do. <laughs> that is a very good question. Um, hmm. I don't know an answer. Because <laughs> mm. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of always somewhat in the middle. Yeah. I, I, and I noticed that sitting in, and that's what made me ask, because I noticed that sitting in that you guys, you're kind of in the middle of it between, you know, Mike and... Because I can understand both. a lot of points. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm somewhat pragmatic, so uh, as I age, I become more and more that way. Um, I mean, the... I would probably say Mike, maybe. <laughs> That's the easy answer. Because I, I do agree with a lot of points that Rob, like, I understand people. Right. So I understand when Rob makes his points, I understand the viewpoint he he's, he's taking. I I get it because people are different from what they they rep, what they show themselves to be right. online. Mm-hmm. And online, mm-hmm. these these think pieces, these these tweets, and all this stuff, it's. For the most part, some is a farce. Yes, you know we so call that I, cap. Yes. Yeah, so, so I don't, I don't, I don't believe cap. most of it. You just want to sound like you're on the, the right side of things. One hundred percent. But the real world isn't that way. Exactly. And I think you have to be aware of that in order to, if you're going to get progress, you got to be aware of that in order to move forward to have real conversations. Yep. yep. That's Absolutely. why I like is the mic still on. Man, and I had a chance to sit in. Um, we did a No Disrespect. We've done, shout out to Chris Platty. We did the Strictly Hip Hop and, and Hoop Talk. And we talked about Jay-Z mm-hmm. and his NFL deal. Have mm. your feelings changed about that since it happened? No. Thank God. <laughs> nope, not at all. No Disrespect is Nick, though. Shout out to Nick. Too. Nah, shout out to Nick and Dusa, my guy. Not at all. You still team cap? Yes. You don't have to ask Hashtag me twice. Hashtag wait and you're see, the only guys. One, you're the nah, only one still waiting not, to see. You don't see. have to wait and see. Wait man. and see. Yeah. Nope. You don't have to wait and see because we already knew. Like we And if we would have spent all that time waiting to see, <laughs> then, uh, you know, they, they eventually revealed themselves with the whole cap thing. You know. Seen. With the workout. Yeah, yes. with the workout. We know that was. That A was, farce, yeah. as you just said. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and, you know, Jay-Z only did that for his ego. Because he was taking hits as he as the reports put out there, and um, my thing is, if he wanted, if he was sincere, he could have done it on the front end. You know, he didn't. That could have been part of his negotiation. Yeah. If I'm going to come in strategy. and do this for you guys, give Cap a workout. How do we know that didn't happen? Six months. Because we'll, we'll, it didn't we'll happen. Get to it six months from here, <laughs> just sign the deal. How do we Jay? know that didn't happen? Because it didn't happen. He got the workout for. Him. I mean, he got the workout, and they said he was involved. That's what they say. I don't even believe that either. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe that either. And Michael Larry Dyson, I, I have all of his books. Um, big fan. You got the Jay Z book? What did Michael? I haven't Larry bought Dyson's? the new. Ah, well, I haven't bought the new one yet. Yeah, the one about Jay Z yet. But he loves Jay Z. And I think it kind of twisted. Yeah, Definitely yeah. Because I was like, man. Because I was I was disappointed 
in the way that he looked at it when he was on first take. Yeah. I think he trying, He was trying to sell books. Uh, I was disappointed with Stephen A. Smith. I was disappointed with Michael Eric Dyson. I was disappointed with both of the ways that those guys responded to it. If, because at the end of the day, Cap has – he can do that. I don't think that he's wrong for doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. If anybody knows better, I, I know Dyson yeah. does. <laughs> he's, trying so. to get, he's trying to get Jay-Z to come do a book signing I, I, with I him, guess. man. <laughs> you know, that would be the biggest event he ever has. I need that book, too. I didn't get it for Christmas. I need that book. I thought I was going to get it, too. That's why I didn't buy it. <laughs> man, what's, uh, you spoke about kind of the what's next for Dead End just a little bit, but any immediate 2020 plans that that you can speak on right now um, that you're looking to maybe take the brand or expand? Yeah, we're definitely going to do the, the food thing. Like I said, um, we're up in production, you know, across the board. Um you know, eventually live shows. So we did a couple mm. of tournaments with Dead and Gaming. And, you know, we definitely want to do some live shows. Uh, we record Dead in Sports live uh, every Tuesday. So there's that. But um, just to kind of utilize the space a little bit more, you know, in, in that area. And um, I think the biggest thing that I, I want to start pushing for or is just recording our, our podcast conversations and putting those on YouTube. We get a lot of requests for those. And um, I don't know. I just got a feeling. You mean like the outside, offside the mic conversations? Yeah, like, no, nah, well, I, I want to do that too. Um, but just the actual oh, podcast audio itself. And video for it. I got yep, you. Understand what you yep, mean? Yep. Yep. Um, I just got a feeling that I, th I think we're missing the mark there. What, um, so, what do you think about as a content creator the space and where it's going as far as the streaming services and streaming wars? where you're going to place your content mm -hmm. as far as YouTube. Where do you see that going, and what's your approach to it? So what I would like to do, because okay. I don't trust any of them, mm -hmm. is I would like to just go to an own and operated site, an O&O, &O, and basically do a subscription service there. Um, mm -hmm. We're in bed with YouTube, mm -hmm. so it's hard for us to do that. We don't have any of the data, any of the, in terms of the email addresses and stuff like that. So that transition would be extremely tough for us to do that. So, um, but that's what I would like to do. It's just very difficult to do that. Like a hip hop um, Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, why not? Yeah. I think it just makes the most, most sense for, for us at any given moment. We see throughout the years what YouTube is doing. You don't want to do what, they call digital sharecropping. It's basically you're building your platform on somebody else's land. Yeah. So it's always best to have that control over your content. Mm -hmm. So, so if if YouTube come up and just say, hey, you know, you're gone. This video, is, yeah, we're gonna delete your channel. That's it. It's We're wiped with. out. Um. So that's that's too much. That's a single point of failure, and I don't like exposing us to that risk. So that is something that I'm going to work on uh, and I continue to work on behind the scenes to make sure that we're protected. Uh, one of the things when you're doing, you know, working on computers, you always have redundancy. <laughs> so you always, always have to have a backup. Firewalls. Yep. And one of the things my dad taught me is to have, you know, backup as a military man and then backup to the backup. So mm. I just doubled down on that. So you were speaking of having nine other podcasts in production at Dead End and, and uh, through the production company. When people come to you about an idea, do they mm -hmm. have to pitch you? How does that go into production and get greenlit? Um, I do find shows. Um, I do listen to other shows. Mm -hmm. So I'm always actively listening. I remember what it was like 
starting out and nobody giving you a shot. So I, I definitely uh <laughs> try to, to reach back. Um but yeah, I think it's it's a little it's it's both. Right. You know, sometimes people are like, Hey man, just check out this podcast, let me know what you think. They just want, you know, advice or feedback. feedback. And then I'm like, Oh, this actually kinda really sounds good. Maybe we could do something with it. Mm. Um and then I think with Ralph, he comes with a lot of their ideas. Uh the No Apologies podcast, uh, which is a polyamory podcast. Um, Rob brought that idea over to us, and um, and that's it. So, yeah, Dead End Gaming was, again, my my idea because B was a big gamer. Wanted to get younger. And I wanted to get back in and I wanted to play games, but, you know, my time is extremely valuable. So you needed a reason to tell the I wife. I needed a reason to <laughs> play the games. video games so. for nice. this. Yep. So create a show. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Um, tell everybody where they can follow all things Dead End. Um, Dead End Hip Hop. I think if they, you can go to deadendhiphop.com and find everything there. Mm. Or all the podcasts are at deadendpodcast.com. Probably the easiest way to get to the Dead End Hip Hop com, doc, uh, content is just to go to youtube.com slash deadendhiphop. Uh, I got to rebuild the site, actually. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that's what I'm working on now. And eventually everything will be all under one domain. Okay. Like the podcast, um, the videos, like everything. Okay. Gotcha. Before we let you out of here, from a content standpoint, point, music or whatever it may be, podcast, what are you looking forward to most in 2020? Besides Big Sean album. <laughs> Other than that, which, uh, what are you looking forward to? Music? Sure. Um, I get a lot of flack for it, but I don't really do anticipations. Mm. Um, I think a lot of that came with age. When you're younger, it don't really matter because yeah. you got your life ahead of you. As as I've gotten older, I realized that I was wasting a lot of time waiting, waiting for an album to drop in August. You know, oh, man, I can't <laughs> wait. So then August get here, and then I realized that eight months is gone. Right. <laughs> Just waiting on the album. So I, I like to take, you know, what's given to me um, as the year go on. So – um, I do think that if artists do drop something, I always find it interesting, but I don't sit around waiting for it yeah. or anticipating anything like that. I realize that with movies, like TV shows, I don't know if you guys remember the the uh, Heroes yeah. mm-hmm. and like, Lost and all yeah. the time. Same yep. thing with, with TV, man. I, you know, they'll go away for a season and come back. You know, we'll be back next year in 2007. And I, 24 was my show. Oh, man, I can't wait. Jack Bauer. Jack Bauer, next thing you know, man, it's three years later. I'm like, man. What's going on? This, yeah. Where my life been at? Waiting on a, <laughs> waiting on a damn TV show. So, so nah. Um, yeah. And there's yeah. so much content now that you don't really have to do that. You find your place in whether it be podcasts and new stuff on Netflix series, rebinge and old stuff that you never got to catch. It's always mm-hmm. something that you can fill your spot with where you don't have to wait on new stuff. So Yeah. Whole lot of content, man, and I hope y'all are out here consuming this dead end content. A lot of good stuff going over there, man. And we and we've linked up before and been been guests on shows. And then speaking for Lou, we appreciate it and we see what y'all are doing, man. It's it's definitely respectable. And of course, much much luck to everything to you guys in the in the future. Um, y'all doing big things, man. We already know that big yep. shit popping over there. Um, appreciate it. Absolutely. Where can they follow you, man? On social media. Uh, on Twitter is Kenneth B. Inch, K-E-N-N-I-T-H. Uh, my dad decided to use an I instead of an E. <laughs> uh, so K-E-N-N-I-T-H-B-I-N-G-E. And Instagram is K-B-I-N-G-E. So they can find me there. I'm 
Facebook is facebook.com slash K-E-N-B-I-N-G-E, I think. Nice. Yeah, that's my profile page. Well, we definitely appreciate you having me, and we look forward to working with you more in the future. And you guys watch out for Dead End and everything that they got going on. It's the On Deck TV podcast. Absolutely. We'll be back after this. Hey, man, we are back on Deck TV Podcast. It's your man, Animal Brown. I am Spike Lou. Man, shout out to Ken Inge from Dead End Hip Hop, man. Very smart dude. He knows his shit, man. I, I fuck with him heavy and what they got going over at Dead End. Yeah, shout out to Dead End, guys, man. We appreciate Ken stopping by 100%. We're going to try to get the rest of those guys over here at some point so y'all can hear their stories as too, man. Shout out to Dead End Hip Hop Sports and all the conglomerate over there, man. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Triple salute, man. Hey, we handing out some wins and some losses today, dog. Okay, wins and losses. Handing out a W to Nipsey Hustle Victory Lap is now certified platinum. Hey, I'm, I ain't gonna lie. I thought it was already platinum, too. Yeah, this seemed like it's kind of like late uh, news. I thought that went platinum like a month after he died, to be real, honest with you. You know what's crazy? His video on YouTube was at 900,000 views the day he died. It jumped up to 9.7 million. Damn, same day. Amount. That's Shit crazy. crazy. All right, man. We handing out W's also to Nelly fans. Stand up. Oh, my God. Cornell Haynes is going to perform the whole country grammar in full at Bonnaroo. Are you looking forward to this for the 20th anniversary of that album? Hey, man. You, you going to be there? You getting tickets? I, if I was going to go to Bonnaroo, you have I, to be there I would want a refund yeah, You'd now. have to be there for that. Man. Whole country grammar? I I hear stand that up. Shit. Let's go. I didn't want to hear that in old yeah. 99 when it came out. Yes, you did. Or whenever the fuck you was it banging came that. out, too. All right, man. I don't want to hear that shit now. You was banging it. Handing out an L2 Top three worst mug shots I've ever seen in my life. Mm. My guy, Trick Daddy. T-double-D. That's my guy. He was arrested for cocaine and some more shit. Cocaine DUI in uh, down in Dade County, Florida. Man, is that a lace front? Like, what's going on with the front right there? I'm not sure what's going on with Trick Daddy. Is that the same thing LeBron got? No, it can't be. LeBron's kind of... This is LeBron's a, did that on TV one time. Did you see that? Stop. No, it didn't. I swear. Yeah, didn't nobody see that? Yeah. Get the fuck out when of Anthony here. Davis told him to fix his shit. <laughs> you remember LeBron's did that on TV, I'm telling you. I say this though, and uh this is a perfect opportunity to trick to get like a hair implant, like, he need, like hook up with a barber, get like call, a sponsorship. He need to call Tory Lane tomorrow. <laughs> call Tory Lane's, get him on the phone. Cause that shit Eesh. that's my guy trick. On, on a serious note though. That looked like a hat. <laughs> like he got a hat on, dude. On a serious note, he did admit though. He said he doesn't take meds for his lupus. Yeah, so he, he tries to self medicate with cocaine and exactly. weed. Exactly. That still ain't an excuse for that hairline. Yeah, you can still fuck go to how the high you is, my nigga. You got to get that fixed. If you can afford cocaine, then you can afford a yeah. solid barber and food. Some got to give, bro. Uh, moving on, man. Before we get out of here, come home, trick dad. On decker of the week yeah. this week, we're awarding it to a, a fellow Tennessee Titan, Yo Gotti, man, okay. my guy, Memphis stand up. He enlisted Rock Nation, shout out to Jay Z, to end deaths in Mississippi prison. So apparently, somehow, some way. Yo Gotti got word See that there have been some type of mysterious deaths of young black individuals in several different prisons spread out throughout Mississippi. Mm-hmm. He reached out to Jay, Jay being the type of guy he is, shout out to Hove. He uh, linked up with uh, Rock Nation's philanthropical arm mm. to um, bring some off. attention to that. So shout out to those guys, man, on Deck of the Week. 
Hove gets a lot of flack for his move with the NFL. Well, I'm not, I'm not wait, wait. Do not let but he keeps, slide he keeps NFL pulling out receipts like this to show that Just he's fucking with Just to let you guys know what happened here, fuck shit. that NFL, because Hove going to keep getting flack for that. Let's go, Hove. But they are suing uh, the state of Mississippi and Governor Phil Bryant uh, due, to, uh, due to the recent uh, influx of uh, violence inside of the prisons in Mississippi, and due to that violence, several inmates have been killed. Yeah. How your guy got attention to this I'm not sure but like you said he reached out to Hove and Hove put the powers that be in motion That's over at Rock Nation and got the uh, thing in court now at least since people are looking at it in court you hope to get uh, their act straightened up while they're there so shout out to Yo Gotti for this man this probably hit Gotti radar he probably was on tour through Mississippi or something uh, he probably yeah, knew somebody in the. He, I think they said that somebody uh, a friend a first degree of separation someone that he knew was affected uh. by this so um, that's what happened. Shout out Rock Nation, man. I see you whole doing big things, man. Yeah. Shout out to Wait Cal. and see for that NFL what, what deal. Happened, bro? Let's wait and see. <laughs> wait and see. <laughs> Keep waiting and seeing, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Before we get out of here, man, put, put me on to something, man. Or put me off something, hell. Man, one. it's a brand new show on HBO called uh, The Outsider. I'll put you on that. You absolutely did not. Man, I, I was waiting. Yeah, I was waiting on that since Watchmen came out. And Fuck. that first episode. Really good. It was really good. I, I was, was going to guess though. it. It is. I only watched one of them, okay. but that first one was really good. Uh, Jason Bateman did his thing. He directed it. That's uh, my guy. So mm. he'll be back as Marty Bird a little bit later in March. Yeah. Uh, but I'm putting day. you on the outside. That's fine. All right. HBO. Uh, man, if I had to put you on something this week, man, it's Will Smith and, and Martin Lawrence. I'm fucking with that bad boys. All day and got my tickets ready. I'm tired my, of this promo run already. Nah, have you been watching that interview? That interview has been no, fired. Watch the Sway interview. Just watch the Sway. Why? Because he's dropping, Will Smith be dropping gems. Nigga, what the hell are you talking about? Absolutely. You don't follow Will Smith on Instagram? I never see it. Like, put me Instagram on the show like nine posts, dude. That's why I don't <laughs> fucking, I hate Instagram. <laughs> follow, I follow 500 people and see the same nine <laughs> every day. It's fucking amazing to me. I can go on and on about you that. You need to upgrade. No idea what the fuck's going on. It's not my phone. <laughs> it's the fucking algorithms. Oh, this person shows a post from 89 days ago. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a whole big party going on Instagram that I'm not privy to. Apparently, Will Smith is good on it. Absolutely. Ah, and okay. check out that bad And voice. I follow him. I Never seen a post. I think it's going to be dope. Ah. Fuck what you talking about. You hating. Ah. Um, hey, before we get out of here, rest in peace, Fifth War Weeby. Um, the bounce legend in New Orleans, man. He passed away uh, due to complications from uh, cardiac arrest. Mm, sad That's to ugly. hear that, man. We appreciate you guys rocking with us and liking the new format, man. You guys go to the YouTube and check out everything on the Realville Media Network as far as shows. We appreciate it. Holla.